Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit organization dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet. And we also provide pet trustee services. Join me today in welcoming our guest. His name is Scott Fine, and he is the founder of Joey's Legacy. Welcome to the show, Scott. Good morning, Peggy. How are you? I'm great, and it is really nice to talk to you and to have you on the show again. I want to tell folks a little bit about you. Um, Scott Fine is the founder of Joey's Legacy, a 501c3 organization whose mandate is public education on companion animal advocacy. Joey's Legacy, with its team of veterinarians and animal law attorneys, investigates cases of alleged veterinary malpractice and negligence, and when appropriate, pursues justice for pet parents all over the world. That is a very impressive resume, Scott. Well, thank you, Peggy. We've, uh, we've gone through a lot of uh, learning in the last five years. Uh, it's been a pretty steep learning curve. I've worked with uh, veterinarians and attorneys. And uh, while I am neither one myself, I've learned quite a bit from both. Uh, still qualified to do nothing in either field, but I do have a, a wealth of information that uh, I retain and I use uh, for, for, uh, to help people uh, that find themselves in the unenviable position of um, having a bad experience, in most cases, a tragic experience with a veterinarian. Well, and really, that's how Joey's Legacy got started. So why don't you share with the folks how you got on this path? So Joey went to a veterinarian in Fort Myers on uh, June 19th, 2017. It was not Joey's regular vet. It was a substitute vet who decided to rely on his 40 plus years as a veterinarian and guess what was wrong with Joey rather than using his uh, training and diagnostic tools to uh, form a, uh, a realistic diagnosis. He guessed wrong. He gave Joey a, an injection of a drug called Convenia, which uh, has its uh, friends and foes as well. Uh, Unfortunately, Joey's condition, which was determined the next day by the use of labs, uh, was uh, renal dysfunction. And uh, Zoetis, who's the manufacturer of Convenia, uh, plainly states in its uh, safety data sheets never to give Convenia to, um, among other categories of animals, uh, dogs and cats with renal dysfunction, because uh, it's known to be nephrotoxic. It's known to kill the kidneys. And that's exactly what it did. We brought Joey back the next day. He was deteriorating. 
Joey's regular vet was there. He's the one that did the labs. He's the one that made the diagnosis. And he said, I'm going to see what I can do. He worked feverishly to try to save Joey. Uh, he kept Joey overnight. And the next morning, day three, uh, the uh, Joey's vet called and said um, his breathing was very labored. And he wasn't able to stand. So um, he, he told us the prognosis was poor. And he asked us to make a decision by that afternoon. And of course, we didn't want to see our boys suffer. So we uh, made the horrible decision to, uh, to euthanize Joey. Um, so after a period of a few months mourning and trying to regroup, uh, we, my wife and I decided to see if uh, there was something we could do to turn our tragedy into something positive for others that may be in that same position. And so we started uh, the Facebook group, which now known as Joey's Legacy Vet Mal Victims. And uh, lo and behold, people started finding us. And we went from zero to over 3,500 members today in five years. Um, people find us by word of mouth, uh, Google search. We have veterinarians out there that heard about us that are actually sending their new clients to us. Uh, to go after vet number one, who is the one that maltreated the patient to begin with. Uh, so the, um, the, the brotherhood, all vets stick together, that's slowly disintegrating. That, that idea is slowly disintegrating. Um, and we do have 11 veterinarians on our team that review records and determine whether negligence or malpractice did occur. If they find that uh, one or the other did occur, they're willing to opine in a, an opinion letter or are also called a certificate of merit for one of our attorneys in that state. And uh, then uh, the attorney explains that several different legal options that are available um, to, to the person. So uh, the process is uh, fairly streamlined. Uh, and, and we talk to about between 75 and 100 people a month that call us with these kinds of situations. And uh, I'm very proud of our veterinarians. They are willing to step out of their comfort zone, speak out and, uh, and speak out against their, their negligent colleagues. Um, and, you know, Peggy, the, and this should be my first, uh, these should be my first comments. We are completely aware and totally acknowledge that the majority of the 77,000 plus veterinarians and small animal practice are caring, compassionate individuals. They are honest individuals. If something does happen during a procedure or a surgery, they know the right thing to do is to go to the companion animal parent and explain what happened, even if there's a permanent injury or a demise, they are fully truthful and transparent. And we applaud them for being that way. That's the majority of vets. The vets that Joey's legacy deals with form the minority, which are the veterinarians that commit an act of negligence or malpractice and, and choose to lie about it 
in a number of different ways. Uh, one that you're probably familiar with is what they call spoliation of evidence. They'll falsify records to cover up their negligence. They will do anything they can to cover up what happened. They will have they have no compunction about lying to the companion animal parent. Uh, and when we get those records to to conduct a review, sometimes it's very apparent that they did, in fact, falsify those records. And if we go back and ask for a clarification, they'll actually send another set of records, which is totally different than the first set. In those cases, many times we sue for falsification documents, fraud, civil fraud. Uh, we sue for all kinds of things beyond the uh, what's called for by law, which is when you prove negligence or malpractice, uh, you can recover your veterinary costs and then you're entitled to what's uh, referred to as a replacement value sum of money, which I, I really um, don't care for that term, but that's what they call it. And that's a sum of money that you would need to replace, again, another word I'm not comfortable with, the companion animal uh, that passed. But we're going way beyond that now. We're, like I said, we're suing for fraud when we can, which of course brings in uh, non-economic damages, punitive damages of 3x or more beyond the uh, economic recovery. Uh, we sue for a breach of uh, what's called the VCPR, the Veterinary Client-Patient Relationship. And we also sue for breach of the AVMA's principles of veterinary medical ethics. Um, and uh, it's easy to find violations in uh, both of those agreements um, when we look. The problem, Peggy, is that a lot of attorneys, when they hear the word animal law, they run the other way because it, it, it perhaps in some areas of animal law, it is a specialized area of law, but basically when it comes to veterinary malpractice, it's simple, good old fashioned civil litigation. I gave you my property, which of course we know that 49 out of 50 states consider pets as property. So I gave you my property in this condition. You didn't give it back to me in that condition or a better condition, I, you betrayed my trust and now I'm suing you for damage or destruction of my property. Civil litigation. So I know you're having great success with these new, um, and I don't really wanna call them new, but I think they're creative theories for recovery um, where yeah. there are challenges in the animal law world because of this concept of a pet being property as opposed to being a sentient life. I mean, obviously if we lost a spouse or a family member, we couldn't get a replacement value for that person. Um, and yet we tend to still treat our animals as if we can just go down to the local um, shelter and replace that animal in an instant when we all know that the value is priceless. And, and that's and that's so true. Uh, 
I will also tell you that when one of our veterinarians writes an opinion letter, in almost every single case, there is a settlement. Very, very few cases go to court unless they are high dollar amounts or there's something extraordinary. Uh, the uh, insurance companies for veterinarians tend to just see these as uh, losers in court. So they'll settle out of court. Uh, we had a case not too long ago where a, uh, a lady brought her cat to the vet for some, um, uh, had a skin condition. So the uh, vet tech placed the cat in a vat of uh, medicated uh, water, water with uh, medication in it, came back an hour later, didn't realize that the temperature of the water was in the 30s, the cat had passed due to hypothermia. Uh, the, uh, the, the member came to us and wanted to pursue the matter. Uh, our vet uh, wrote a letter, obviously. It went to our attorney in that state. Uh, we sued for $10,000 in damages. The insurance company came back with an offer of $5,000, and there's a settlement at $7,500. The point of this story, or one of the salient facts in this story, is that the lady's out-of-pocket was about $3,000. So there's a difference between what the law says she's entitled to and what she actually received, which was $4,500. Mm -hmm. Of course... It was never defined what the difference was. Uh, you know, it's just speculation. Uh, was it stay out of court money? So they were willing to pay her a little more to keep it out of court. Was it emotional damages? And they'll never admit that because obviously uh, we're not allowed to recover emotional damages uh, so far. Uh, in most cases, uh, certainly not in court. But we have been able to successfully recover uh, emotional distress damages in settlement. Yeah, so good news, yes. So things are definitely moving uh, in the right direction for companion animals. So how many cases would you say that Joey's Legacy has worked on since its inception? Right now, we receive 75 to 100 cases a month. Okay. So um, I would say somewhere between two and 3,000 cases in the past five years. Okay. Well, that's a lot of pet parents that are, I'm sure, grateful for the services that you provide. And even in my practice, I get inquiries, I feel like several a month that, of course, I, I forward on to Joey's Legacy because there really isn't anyone else who's doing what you're doing. Right. Uh, you know, most lawyers, uh, like I said earlier, they hear animal law. They, they don't want to be involved. Uh, pets are property. It's not worth my time. There's not much money in it. Understandable. But at some point, attorneys, especially attorneys that are animal advocates. Okay. And one of our attorneys, great guy, Jeremy Cohn, you probably know him. Jeremy stated one night on one of our podcasts, someone's got to do this. And Jeremy's a huge animal advocate. 
So Jeremy does it because Jeremy needs to do it. And if more lawyers would take his lead, we'd be in a lot better shape. You know, if it, it, I accidentally got connected with a divorce lawyer in the state of Rhode Island, accidentally, no intention of contacting him, I have no need for that type of lawyer. We started talking and he said, well, what do you do? And I told him, he said, you know, I got, I've had dogs all my life. I love my dogs. I said, well, I've got a Rhode Island case. I explained a little bit more. So he understood. He said, I'll take it. So he handled our vet mal case, a divorce lawyer for over 30 years. And he was successful. He won the, he, he got a settlement for our member. So to the point, back to the point of you don't have to be practice animal law per se to handle these cases. They're civil litigation. Well, that's good for um, our listeners to hear and also good for the lawyers out there that listen to this podcast, um, because I know that you're always growing your team um, because it does take a huge team to accomplish this with all of the inquiries that you're getting on a regular basis. So we have worked with, I believe the exact number is 43 law firms in the past five years, which cover, I'm going to say 33 or 34 states. We still have six, 16 or 17 states where we don't have a dedicated attorney or law firm that works with us. And so we sometimes have to rely on our attorneys and their uh, associates or colleagues in other states to do a, a kind of a co-counsel type relationship. But we're, we're generally able to help almost every single person that comes to us uh, you know, with legal options. That, that's awesome. So I, I know that you were trying to, um, and I believe you are doing it still, creating the documentary. Right. So uh, we're actually doing two documentaries. Uh, we're separating um, the good from the bad, so to speak. Let me explain. We have a gentleman who is a uh, veteran of uh, PBS programming for over 20 years. We're very fortunate to have him on our team. And uh, his first name is Gustavo. Gustavo has already told us that he will put our, uh, our first documentary on PBS. So it'll be exposed to the, the PBS viewing audience all over the country. Uh, that documentary will be called Companion Animals Are Family, Not Property. And that will be a, an A to Z guide for all companion animal parents, anyone who cares for a companion animal, it will talk about nutrition, wellness, how to find a great vet, how to avoid a bad one, uh, how to find a, a, a good uh, emergency hospital uh, behavior. We'll have an animal herbalist on anything and everything to make companion animals as healthy and as happy as possible for the, and, and live long lives. That one will be going on PBS. The other documentary will be uh, entitled Tales, T-A-I-L-S, of Betrayal. Uh, 
that will be a, a major expose of all of the bad actors in the veterinary arena, including uh, vet boards, uh, veterinarians that lie to their clients, again, the minority, but they're still out there. And other individuals that don't have companion animals in their hearts and in their minds and really don't care about anything in the best interest of companion animals. So we have the good and the bad. And that will be going on, we hope, Netflix and other streaming sites. So people all around the world will have access to all of this. And we're very excited. We're hoping to be fully funded by the end of the year, maybe sooner. We already have a lot of the, uh, the footage uh, already filmed with uh, interviews with attorneys and veterinarians and other animal advocates. Uh, victims from our group will also be interviewed and tell their stories. And a lot of the ones that will be interviewed are already uh, published in Jerry Robb's uh, two volumes, volume one, volume two, Joey's Legacy. Uh, so we are um, just very excited about the future and we're going to continue to do as much as we can to um, make this organization as big and as great as we can. Well, I, it certainly sounds like you're on your way and, and both of those documentaries sound like they're going to be tremendous um, for awareness, education, all of the things that Joey's Legacy stands for yes. um, in helping pet parents as they, as they, you know, do the very best they can to take care of the animals they love. Um, I had a friend tell me yesterday, and this was not a tragic situation, but it, it's just, it's a note to what can happen. She took her cat to the vet because it um, has asthma and it needed to have a shot. And the tech comes in and immediately starts clipping the cat's nails. And um, my friend thought, wow, this is a great service. Um, you know, I get a, a nail clipping. And then the girl goes, okay, we're all done. And, and Lisa goes, well, I didn't come here for nail clipping. I came here for a shot. And um, it just goes to show how easily things can get switched up from what they were intended to be. And we see that all the time. I mean, you, you know, malpractice and negligence by and large are unintentional acts. Nobody intends to perforate a trachea during an intubation for a dental cleaning. Nobody intends to sever blood vessels during a spay or a neuter. Those are unintentional acts by and large. Lying to a companion animal parent is an absolutely premeditated, intentional, evil act. And this is what we go after. We can't stop malpractice. Any profession, doctor, lawyer, nurse, electrician, plumber, we're humans. Things happen. But we do have control over whether or not we decide to be honest or we decide to lie. And that's the focus 
of Joey's legacy. Sir, taking responsibility for your actions. Absolutely. And yet we we seem to live in a world where we don't want to do that as a general rule. Seems like uh, the incidence of hit and run accidents has skyrocketed because people don't want to stick around and take responsibility for what's happened. And um, and so we're going to always need organizations like Joey's Legacy and others that help people um, who have been victims of these instances um, get some sort of justice, even though it's never going to be enough. Right. Um, because... I mean, as you know, you just you can never replace that little soul that you loved with all of your heart. True. Very true. Well, I applaud you, um, Scott Fine, and I thank you for all that you and your teams at Joey's Legacy are doing. And I'm looking forward to um, your future and the documentaries and um, for folks who are listening, if you want to explore more about Joey's Legacy, you can go to their website at joeyslegacy.org. You can find them on Facebook and other forms of social media. And we hope you never suffer a, an act of negligence or veterinary malpractice. But if you do, um, you have the resources that you need. Thank you to Scott Fine and thank you to all of you for listening today. We hope that you'll join us each and every week on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And you know my motto, until there are none, please adopt one. And until next time, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!